Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. How has American medicine played a role in propagating racism? How does racism put Black people and Native Americans at a higher risk for illness and death? To find out, we spoke to Dr. Linda Ray Murray, a physician who spent 40 years in clinical practice helping the medically underserved. She retired in 2014 from her post as the chief medical officer for the Cook County Department of Public Health of the Cook County Health and Hospital System in Illinois. She's been a voice for social justice and health as a basic human right for more than 50 years. Welcome to Code WEC, Dr. Murray. My pleasure. So I'd love to hear a little bit about you. When you graduated from medical school in 1977, what was the landscape like for female African-American physicians? Well, I don't think there's anything uh, unusual about that time period. In uh, 1977, we were entering a period of retrenchment in the United States. Conservatism and Reaganism was coming to the fore. But the situation for Black physicians of all uh, genders has never been good. And so it wasn't good then. Um, this is a period as I started my residency training where the public sector was under attack. Public hospitals were being defunded. Uh, we lost a number of hospitals around the country and we lost a number of public hospitals in, in St. Louis, Philadelphia, other places. One of the biggest problems in American healthcare has been racism. It's well documented, but still many Americans don't acknowledge it. Can you give us some examples of social and structural racism in healthcare? Well, the medical care system and healthcare in general is a part of our culture and society. And so structural racism is an underpinning of what goes on in America. Um, and so I, I am always concerned about how that racism seeps into the structure of the country. So I don't care what you start with. You can start with where services are available. You when I was a resident, only the United States and South Africa were the only ones that didn't try to provide universal coverage for its population. Today, it's only us in terms of uh, uh, rich uh, countries. And so when you talk about structural racism in medicine, American medicine plays a special role in propagating through up until really the 1950s, the notion that we were biologically inferior. That was a major strong strain of American medicine and how the structure is set up of, of everything we do, what kind of jobs you have or don't have, what kind of exposures you have, uh, an inability to access diagnostic services and curative services. These are all things that are obvious in medical care settings. But the real harm that structural racism does goes far beyond the medical setting, far beyond the hospital or the exam room. It goes into all aspects of American life. Mm, thank you. Um, this idea that people of color are biologically inferior, how does and how did that manifest itself? So I want to be careful here about our language again. Western racism in the modern era, in the past couple of hundred years, is based on a hierarchy. And so all of those hierarchies put Africans at the bottom of racial hierarchy. So when we say people of color, that's an important political concept. But in terms of racial hierarchy, Africans are, are at the bottom. Um, and so I don't care whether you're talking about the bell curve, which which argues that that's why blacks have uh, poor uh, education outcomes, or whether you're talking about old-fashioned, quote, eugenics movement. This is a notion that has run through our history. So from a medical point of view, in, in terms of American medicine, is this, this notion that these negative traits 
and positive traits. They are inherited and that that far outweighs whatever else happens to people. So that concept we still have today, whether you're talking about outcomes at the Olympics or sportcasters that argue that, you know, blacks are somehow differently made as 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 uh, beings uh and uh, you know so a black basketball player will be skilled a white basketball player will be smart you see these kinds of differences that exist all along i am concerned as we look at uh, modern genetics you know we we've, we've done some uh, studies as recently as 2016 that showed an extraordinarily surprising number of medical students and residents believe certain myths about African Americans about blacks. For example, the notion that our skin is thicker. Now, you know, nowhere in medical school is that taught, but that notion was there uh, among, like I said, a surprising number of physicians and, and medical students. That's the also nature of structural problems. They are baked into the society, and most people are unaware that they're even there. They're just considered part of the normal universe. And so those things are still with us and they're still a major concern. Right. And so how are these myths most detrimental to black patients? Well, they're most detrimental to black people because we die younger and from diseases that can be prevented. I mean, that's the, that's the very nature. That's the very definition of health inequity. And here I want to bring back other people uh, who are not white uh, in terms of that hierarchy. So, for example, uh, Native American, our indigenous uh, groups in North America have uh, mortality rates and, and often health outcomes that uh, are equal to or worse than blacks, depending on you know which, which disease entity you look at. Um, so there's no question that racism kills people. Let me, let me just put it bluntly. It, it doesn't just mean it kills people when police shoot you. It kills people in everyday things, whether you don't get your blood pressure treated, uh, whether you uh, don't have access to cancer screening, whether you're just stressed out by the fact that you're unemployed uh, and you, you don't have good nutrition. And all of these activities of life, all of these things in our society imprint themselves on our bodies. And when you have societies that are unequal, uh, where oppression is going on, where people are under stress, then those show up. So it's not an accident, for example, with COVID, uh, people who had to go to work, who did not have the privilege of working remotely, are the people who got COVID more frequently. Uh, And if you didn't have spacious uh, living quarters, good nutrition, good transportation, all of the things that we know put you at higher risk, uh, then you got COVID and you're more likely to get sick from it and hospitalized and die. Okay, thank you so much. Social and structural racism in healthcare obviously differs from personal racism. How do you think the three work together to negatively impact Black Americans' experience with healthcare? I think we try to make too much of an artificial separation uh, between these things. And let me just say that personally mediated racism at the personal level changes. So, you know, a hundred years ago, the use of the N-word might be considered normal and not even in certain parts of the country, you know, just a normal descriptor. Today, what the young people call microaggressions, which I think is a euphemism, it's still racism. The level at which these things are expressed in polite society changes. So again, things that might be said about women when I was a young woman would not be acceptable to say today in a public setting. That doesn't mean they're still not said. It doesn't mean those ideas still aren't there. We as individuals live in a societal setting. And so all of those levels on which racism operates reinforce each other, that they're not separate. And so it doesn't do any good to have people be polite if in fact you are not allowing black people to vote. It doesn't matter if you're polite and uh, the educational opportunities are are different uh, or where you can live are different. 
So those structural conditions haven't changed, in any, I think, in any measurable way. Um, and so we still are being impacted. It's almost like climate change. You know, you might have people talking more uh, intelligently about climate change today, but as we've just seen from our, our recent report, the climate's still getting warmer and we're still uh, still changing it at a more and more rapid rate. So we have to address not only structural racism, we also have to address class biases and gender biases in our society. And unless we do them all together and really, really reject the basis on which our country operates, which is an individualistic, profit-driven perspective, then we're going to be killing lots of people. These things also kill lots of white Americans. They're just unaware of it or choose to ignore it. It's not an accident that the uh, life expectancy, for example, for white Americans has been dropping. And, and it's part of those same structural problems that are going on. Thank you, Dr. Linda Ray Murray. Find more Code Whack episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code Whack wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. I'm Brenda Gazar.